Do you know what Javier Millet's nickname was when he was a kid? His nickname was El Loco, Mr. Madman. You know why? Because he had a temper. He was angry. He liked sports. He liked all these other things. He liked football. And then all of a sudden, when he's growing up, it's like, what the hell is going on to the country here? So he gets obsessed with capitalism. Von Mises, Hayek, wrote to serfdom. Fully obsessed. He was a professor. He had all these rants on TV that he would do. And then eventually he runs for office and he becomes a president and gets invited to the institution, the organization that he criticized publicly, nonstop World Economic Forum, and they're expecting him to go on stage and give an angry rant so Klaus Schwab can say, look at this man, he's not under control. And he goes on stage and gives a message so beautiful, direct, based on stats, data, history, silences everybody It's 23 minutes if you haven't watched it i'm going to choose a couple parts of what he gave this speech up which have all the data here but he said a couple things that i want to talk about in this video which is going to make you very proud as a capitalist to not let the state make you play defense instead constantly play offense simply based on a message that he gave. So if you get value out of this video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Let's get right into it. So imagine in the 1800s, 95% of the world is living in extreme poverty. 1800. Everybody's trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do to get 95% of the world to not be controlled by the powerful government leaders that are putting their thumb on, you better do this or else. And everybody's poor and afraid, right? Just trying to take care of their wife and kids. And then the Industrial Revolution starts. Capitalism starts today, pre-pandemic, less than 5% extreme poverty worldwide due to capitalism. This is one of the things Javier Malay talks about. And he continues while he's giving these stats. And everyone's like, what is this guy talking about? You can't give a message like this. And then he says this in front of everybody. He says, countries that have more freedom are 12 times richer than those that are repressed. The lowest percentile in free countries is better off than 90% of the population in repressed countries, meaning... Free market, free capitalism. He continues, poverty is 25 times lower and extreme poverty is 50 times lower. And citizens in free countries live 25% longer than citizens in repressed countries. So imagine to the audience you're giving a speech. So if you're giving a speech to an audience, like I remember being a financial advisor, I'm 21 years old, working at Morgan Stanley, dealing with a 22 years old, and I'm talking to an audience of 30, 65 year olds. And I get up on stage and I say, imagine if one day you have a Ferrari, nice car, and you're traveling all over the world and you live in this big house and I see nobody from the audience was interested in my message and afterwards my guy comes up and says listen why are you selling this to the these people are not interested in your message and they looked at me funny they're like they want a nice slow car in a very small house with least amount of cleaning to do they want the least amount of stress this guy gets up in front of the audience of World Economic Forum and tells him you guys are all full of shit, is what he said. He says, you're trying to control. The world is better without you guys getting in their way. Let them be free. Don't bother free people. Stop trying to control people because this is the solution to being free and being healthier and getting rid of poverty, not some of the nonsense ideas that you have. He says it to their faces in the calmest tone, not the typical tone you have your melee in. Then he continues, because everybody says, you know, all these companies going out of business, it's capitalism's fault. He says, wrong. It's impossible for there to be market failures. What does he mean by this? The market is not a mere graph describing a curve of supply and demand. The market is a mechanism for social cooperation where you voluntarily exchange ownership rights. Therefore, based on this definition, talking about a market failure is an oxymoron. There are no market failures. If transactions are voluntary, the only context in which there can be market failure is if there is coercion and the only one that is able to coerce generally is the state. 
which holds a monopoly on violence. There is only monopoly with the government getting involved and creating regulation for all others. He's trying to say there is no such thing as market failure and socialists and those who work for the state who want to overregulate everything can't stand that message. They want all the blame to be on the capitalist. And then he continues to take shots at the states and here's what he says. Today, states don't need to directly control the means of production to control every aspect of the lives of individuals. The states use tools such as printing money, debt, subsidies, controlling the interest rate, price controls, regulation to correct so-called market failures. Does that remind you of any country? Maybe the freest country in the world at one point, maybe the greatest country in the world. Does that remind you of what's going on in America? Isn't this kind of affecting some people right now? These are all the mechanisms the state uses to destroy the economy rather than getting out of the way. And last but not least, he gives a direct message to all the business people around the world, which I love. Here's what he says. Do not be intimidated by the political caste or by parasites who live off of the state. Don't be intimidated by the people that live off of the state because they make you feel guilty. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. They get to live their life by pulling a card and saying, I'm a senator, I'm a congressman, I'm a president, I'm president's son, wink, this is okay, let me do this. If you do this, I'll do this for your father, I'll do this with my father, all this stuff. He says, do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. It's like a membership you have to a country club. You get to go on if you have that card. The political class doesn't want to give up that membership. They want to control because a lot of weird benefits comes with this card that they have, such as insider information that I get to invest into certain companies that you don't get to do. I won't go to jail, but if you do it, you would go to jail. That's called political class. You are social benefactors. What does it mean? It's not the government that makes the society a better place. You do by creating jobs. You do by starting a business that maybe competes against the guy across the street because your coffee's cheaper, your burger's cheaper, your service is better. You are the social benefactor. You make the world a better place, not the government. You are the heroes. I've been talking about the biggest problem in America the last four years is the hero-making machine we have in America. Kids have no clue what hero to look up to. Do I look up to that person that's a guy dressed like a girl? Do I look up to this person? Who the hell do I look I don't know who to look up to because we're confused. No, job creators. You work your ass off. You're a hero. This is not easy. It's very, very hard. You work day and night doing what you're doing. Capitalists, for some of you that are executives, working for a company, helping to grow. You're working on a Saturday late at night. You're putting up a plan together. It's not easy. You are a hero to society. You make sure companies stay around to keep those jobs for people that are making $50,000 a year, $100,000 a year, $150,000 a year, and for the customers that are buying the product. You are the hero. Not enough people are recognizing you. He's saying it. Very aligned message with what Valuetainment stands for because you make the world go around and we salute you. You are the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. You, let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. Oh, you're too ambitious. Why do you do this? What else do you need? How much more money do you need? How many more cars? Why do you care? It's none of your business, buddy. Let me live my life and go to my, why are you making me feel guilty about it? Don't let anybody make you feel guilty about your vision. You pursue your vision that matters to you and your family. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Go make your money. Just make sure you're doing it legally, but go make your money. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonist of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch 
an unconditional ally. You know why I love this? Last night we're having dinner at the house and we have all our C-suite executives here. One of the things we do is when it comes down to hiring a C-suite, the last thing I like to do is I want to meet your spouse. I want to meet your husband or your wife. And last night everyone's at the house. We have dinner. Our executives brought their spouses and this new C-suite executives that we're looking at hiring is there with his wife. And we're going back and forth having the conversation. We're talking to one another. And in the middle of the conversation, I asked, so what do you think about what we stand for as a company? What questions do you have for me? What challenges do you have? I would much rather know to see if this is a fit or not. And I said, how do you feel about the fact that, you know, we do what we do politically and we're pretty loud about, you know, does that kind of bother you? No. What about this, this, this? And then eventually, the more and more we opened up about what the company's values and principles are, conversation led to the following. I said, I think it's important you know where I stand with this. What's that? I said, you know, there is many decisions you can make when you make money. One of the things you can do is make your money and be cool and take that money to go out there and benefit from it, enjoy a peaceful life, relax, kick back, don't do anything else. Don't be too rowdy because you're afraid if somebody's going to watch you a little bit too much with your money. And you have less target, less any of that stuff. And who cares if they're doing what they're doing at schools? Who cares if they're trying to confuse your kids? As long as your kids are going to be okay, you're going to be all right, right? I said, a lot of people take that position. And why do they take that position? Less controversy, less conflicts, more peaceful, less being in a tension mode. Maybe they won't get your kids and confuse your kids, but maybe they'll get your grandkids. And definitely they're going to get your great grandkids. Are you okay with that? And I said, I'm not. I'm simply not. So what is happening to the world today? You know what's happened to the world today is people like Javier Millet are being born in times like this. By the way, prior to a year ago, did you know who he was? Maybe you had no clue who he was. You do now. What happened? What changed? Because there's a conflict and the state and the people who are, you know, these powerful people, the elites are trying to control what decisions you need to make. And all of a sudden he comes and says, no. Hey, maybe the state, you got to take the vaccine all the time. RFK comes and says, no, we got to argue this. Say, hey, we got to go sometime. No. Look, whoa. I thought I was a bad person. I thought I was dumb. I thought I was dumb. I'm not. I mean, these guys are making me realize what decisions I'm making. I'm not the only person that's going through this. And then eventually you have to make a decision for yourself. What part of the camp are you going to be? You're going to be the camp that's going to be the quiet, timid one, or you're going to join the different camps to become more and more and more powerful. Because the reality of it is, if you're watching this as a business owner, there are more and more people out there that are willing to defend you and give you respect and love that you deserve for the hard work you're putting in. You're not alone. Sometimes you feel like you're alone. You're not alone. There's many of us and we're finding each other. It's the most beautiful thing. You know what I love about our annual conference that we do, Vault Conference? We do this once a year. This last year we did it was down here in Miami at The Diplomat. Tom Brady was there. Mike Tyson was there. You're in a room with 2,500 other people. You know how everybody feels? Like-minded people. Value Timon and Peabody Posket. Similar values, similar principles, similar vision, similar kind of ways that they want to build their lives in one room. This year we're doing it at Palm Beach. We're expecting 10,000 people to be at Palm Beach with us. Phenomenal event. We'll make the announcements here very soon. But I'm sharing this with you because if you're watching this saying, I want to be around more people like that, go to places where those people are and establish relationships with them. By the way, if you do want to attend the Vault Conference 2024 in Palm Beach, text the word VAULT to 310-340-1132. Again, text the word VAULT to 310-340-1132. If you got value out of this video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. And if you enjoyed this video, there's another video we did on what happened to Argentina's economy and what this guy proposed to change everything about Argentina's economy. If you've never seen a click here to watch it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.